By now, it should be clear to all observers that politicians, public health officials, nonprofit health groups, and the national media are joined in common cause to force Health Canada into abject retreat on vaping. The end game is a complete policy reversal on the regulations allowing adult access and choice to vaping products in Canada. But more than just a U-turn, opponents appear to be demanding from Health Canada an admission that the agency concerning the science on vaping got it wrong and miscalculated the health risks, the impacts of flavors on youth use, and the hazards of nicotine. The pressure campaign is in full swing behind the scenes in Ottawa and supported by legislatures and public health groups from across the country. It's fully out in the open now, propagated by activists in the media, such as Kelly Crow from the CBC and Carly Weeks at the Globe and Mail, to name just a few. In this edition of Reg Watch, we are joined by David Sweener, Ottawa lawyer and renowned tobacco control policy expert and harm reduction advocate. And we're going to dive right into the issues with David. David, thank you so much for joining us today on Reg Watch. Great to be with you again. And it sure looks like the political pressure on uh, Health Canada is, you know, turned up to full steam. What's your thought on that? Uh, you've got media that's acting like tabloid journalism, uh, incredibly biased coverage, no, no even effort to think about balance, let alone give balance. So they've given carte blanche to abstinence-only people, they're handing out misinformation. They're missing the point of what's this really about? We're dealing with something that's killing 20,000 people a day globally, cigarette smoking. We're dealing with something that's killing, what, about 40,000 Canadians this year. Over 100 Canadians today will die because of cigarette smoking. Cigarettes are an incredibly deadly delivery system, an incredibly toxic way to get nicotine, which itself has very few risks. I think that every single person in public health that is participating in this hysteria has abdicated any ounce that they could say that they're in this for any kind of health effects at all. Even while we're, we're trying to protect the children. <laughs> I mean, let's find out what you think on that. I, I, I don't even think that they're trying to protect the children is really about health. Uh, this is about control. Well, th th this might sound trite or old-fashioned, Brent, but truth matters. Uh, and when people put an ideology above facts, above science, above humanism, uh, that's worrisome. And what we're seeing now, and you know, and I'm, there, there's many people commenting on it, is the death of truth. People putting ideology ahead, you know, choosing their own facts, uh, misleading people for whatever reasons that they've got. So there are ideologies in play here, Brent. Uh, I find it disturbing, but we've always known in, in this field that about half the people, and we, we talked about this back in the 80s and 90s, about half the people attracted to doing tobacco control were actually not public health oriented. They were moralists. They were prohibitionists. Right. Uh, and it's just they, they are getting a lot of voice right now. And they are dragon slayers. You know, they're on a quest. They really think they're doing the right thing. They're doing God's work. They're going to get rid of this terrible drug or they think that they're attacking the, the cigarette companies or tobacco companies or vaping companies or capitalism. And they're losing sight of the, the human beings who are really at issue here. Right. Well, if you're a collectivist thinker in nature, you don't really care about individuals. You know, that's just the way it works, right? You, you know, progressives look at the whole issue. They'll accept individuals as a part of society 
but they believe that society comes prior to the individual. And if you believe that society is prior to the individual, then it leaves a whole host of room to make rules and decisions and so forth for the good of the common wheel as opposed to the good of the individual. And you shouldn't, a government and a collective shouldn't be making decisions that are based on the good of an individual either. Individuals are supposed to make those decisions <laughs> for themselves. Yeah, well, you're, um, uh, you're talking a lot about what we saw with, with people like Stalin and, and his idea of re remaking mankind. Uh, I don't really know the, the full motivations of some of the people who are doing this, in part because they, they're, they're not only feeling that they, they, they have to go out and slay this dragon, they refuse to talk about it. So if I say, you know, what you're doing looks to me to be really counterproductive. Let me show you some evidence on that. Let's talk about it. Yeah, heck, maybe I'm wrong and you're right. Like, let, let's sit down and talk. That's what the enlightenment's all about. That's what science is supposed to do. That's how we come up with better policy. And the answer is no, I will not talk about it. It's, it's acting like they're members of a cult. Uh, and these are people I've known for a long time. I mean, decades in some cases. And this sort of, it's, it's an abrogation of what should be their responsibility to, to society. I mean, they're in a position where they can influence things. There are literally lives in their hands and they choose to do something that I think is objectively counterproductive if what they're trying to do is save lives. They're misleading people. There is no ethical basis for misleading people, for, for telling lies. And, and yet they won't even talk about it. And they're shaping policy. They've got the ears of you know, journalists who should know better. You know, this combination of, of, of activists who haven't really thought through what they're doing, as far as I can tell, or they're doing it for some unjustifiable reason, dealing with reporters who have forgotten how to be journalists. They're, they're not looking for balance. They're not questioning. They're, they're putting out incredibly biased information that to the extent that the public still believes this media has credibility is going to result in deaths. So I've just thrown up here uh, the CBC uh, series, and this yeah. is very concerning. What we have here is the nation's public broadcaster funded by taxpayers, funded by vapors, um, two as well, have launched uh, the Vape Fail series. Now, this right. is obviously after now what has been almost 24 straight months of, of sheer one-sided propaganda, starting with, you know, uh, the epidemic. Um, this is the kickoff here with Mark Harrison, but this is a Kelly Crow uh, kind of branded um, series, and it's called Vape Fail. Um, the hope of vaping as a safer alternative to smoking is fading. We explore why. What does that say to you, that headline of this intro? Uh, we need better journalism schools, apparently, and somebody needs to remind the CBC that uh, they've got social obligations. Uh, they're not a propaganda tool. They're supposed to be informing Canadians, not misleading Canadians. Uh, balance is actually really important. So, yeah feel free to go out and interview people who have an abstinence-only view or misinterpret or, or, or misstate the science or just have a different view of the science. But for heaven's sakes, talk to the other people, the people who have actually done more of the research, the people who have spent more time looking at this, the people who can put that into perspective. Because don't you owe it to the Canadian public to do something like that? Like, 
the pressure they're trying to put on Health Canada to do dumb stuff when Health Canada's tasked with a very important uh, uh, job. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be trying to protect the health of Canadians. And you get this broadside of misinformation and fear-mongering, you know, quoting a lot of people who, whose work has, has been thoroughly disputed by, by reputable uh, people with, without even going to the reputable people to ask. You, you have people who are attacking things out of, say, Public Health England. Have they asked anybody in Public Health England how do they respond? Have they asked anybody at the Royal College of Physicians, the British Medical Association, Cancer Research UK, action on smoking and health in the UK? Not at all. They, they just do these attacks. So, you know, it is, it's a huge concern because media is so important for a functioning democracy to have faith that we're getting valid information. And we've seen, as uh, Robert Reich was talking about in The Guardian yesterday and recent Pew research out of the US, the faith in media has crashed from a time in the 1970s where over 70% of Americans at least believed that they could trust the media very much to about 18% now. So it's not just the media, though, however, just to add, because I'd like to direct you to specifically talk about the CDC, the Centers for Disease Disease Control in the U.S. You've gone, you know, worldwide that that this particular regulator leads worldwide. How would you characterize its truthiness with regards to uh, confounding uh, illicit THC uh, uh, vaping with uh, nicotine vaping? There, there are too many really bright, highly educated people at the CDC to merely say they're stupid. It's worse than that, Ram. Uh, you know, they, they have been anti-e-cigarette. They have been anti any alternative to, to cigarettes. Uh, they have put out tremendous propaganda about Swedish snus, about uh, moist snuff, products that are undoubtedly much less hazardous than cigarettes. You will not find them saying anything about relative risk on these products. They're just scaring people. They've been doing it for a long time. And again, they were charged with a really important task in trying to protect the health of Americans. And they've abandoned that for whatever ideological reasons they have and pursuit of this tobacco-free world. It's an abstinence-only agenda. And again, we need credible institutions of government. Here with Kelly Crow's piece, and this is how she's starting it, and it's with a lie, right? The yes. first thing, yeah, it's a lie. Yeah. Well, There's what happens when you, when you don't do real journalism. I mean, the idea of getting another view of something. And you know, I think, you know, if I called Kelly Crow and said, I just found out Mars is going to crash into Earth next Tuesday, you know, I would think she'd probably go and ask somebody else whether Sweeney's right on this. Rather yeah, than but, just David, but David, I think, you're, I think you're looking at this in, an, in the pre-totalitarian outlook. The pre-totalitarian outlook is going, she's not being a very good journalist. A public health advocate that's trying to kill vaping looks at that and goes, she's being an excellent journalist. Well, she's being an excellent propagandist. But that's if you right. look at what, what's the role of the CBC, should they be doing that? You read right. that and say, so she's saying people said it was safer and it turns out that's not true? Well, I mean, to, to claim that vaping is not safer than smoking cigarettes, you know, is like saying, no, Mars is gonna crash into the earth tomorrow. I mean, it's nonsense. You know, it's just anybody who's got even a really basic grasp of the science can figure this out. And we need to repeat, I mean, some of the people who are, are pushing this nonsense, 
worked doing things to reduce cigarette smoking in the past. They need to remember why. You know, how many people die from cigarette smoking and why? You know, such a huge number of people that it will kill between half and two thirds of long-term smokers because of the inhalation of smoke. And, and this is something that's been perpetuated by, by an industry and by the people who've been protecting that industry. And the abstinence-only people protect the cigarette industry. You know, why would we want to do that? Why would they want to do that? Don't they have any social networks? Are, are, they must know people who have died from cigarette smoking. Have they never sat there in a hospice holding the hand of somebody who's dying at age 49 because of their cigarette smoking? You know, how, how could they do that and still think this is, this is an ideological quest or that it's okay to distort things, or I, if I can force Health Canada to do something that goes against the interest of Canadians, that long-term will be seen as way worse than the blood scandal, but I win, that's what I want to do. I mean, that is really, I mean, Brent, when, when we start getting that sort of stuff happening, you know, by people who should be doing public health, that's a huge problem. When we've got media that doesn't want to get balanced, they want scare stories, they want clicks, they, they, I mean, we're destroying the faith in these people. And we've seen where that takes politics in general, when people stop believing the, the people that, that actually should have been telling them the truth, should have been informing rather than deceiving them. When she's working for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, you know, funded by taxpayers with a lot of money to try to inform Canadians, what she did is just simply wrong. Uh, and to the extent that she succeeds in creating more fear, we see what I'm seeing now in looking at the data. We're seeing a resurgence in smoking as people who had switched to vaping are switching back to cigarettes because they've been scared. And they've been scared because of that sort of tabloid journalism. And if it was coming from a blogger, I'd still be upset. When it comes from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or the Globe and Mail, that is really disturbing. Those used to be really credible news sources. I think they still are on a lot of, I'm a fan of both of them. And I, you know, I, I'm a, a reader, a follower, but it really disturbs me to be seeing some of that coverage and, and, and thinking, well, yeah, maybe I know enough nuance on this to say, I know they're misleading me on some stuff and I can ignore that, but I'll trust them on other things. Can we expect the public to say that? No, As you start to learn that, you know, what they're doing is is misleading it's 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 simply factually incorrect it's it's not balanced and to the extent that it's believed it's going to cause harm that looks more like a fraud than than good journalism I, they clearly are incapable of bringing any perspective of fairness to this issue and the only organization that could lead the cbc into taking fairness on the issue is health canada there's no other organization in the country. Yeah. We, that's we able really to do that. we have to count on Health Canada and the Minister of Health to be able to stand up in the face of what's really you know call it what it is. It's bullying. Uh, it's trying to force them to do something that's not in the interest of Canadians. And I've got great sympathy for the people at Health Canada who are trying to adhere to the science. They're trying to look at facts. They're looking at what's happening with consumers. They're doing research to find out how can we improve the, the, the legislation we've got? How do we deal with the, the regulatory powers that, that, that we've been granted 
in order to try to refine this to reduce the risks that are associated with any new product while getting the benefits, getting rid of cigarettes. Uh, so there's this tremendous opportunity and it's gotta be heartbreaking for them to see all this pressure for them to abandon that. Uh.